Hello, I'm Phil Farrow, Chief Meteorologist at WSBN-TV in South Florida, and this is Weather or Not. This week, NASA launches the first main step for a return to the moon, a mission decades in the making. So we've been almost 50 years um, since the Apollo mission went to the lunar surface, right? Frankly speaking, it's, it's a matter of getting humans to space and to the moon. There will be no human cargo, but the robots on board will be traveling. And FIU is playing an important part in seeing how the new spacesuits will work, especially for a female crew member. Meteorologist Brent Cameron has the story. We have a special one-on-one Seven Weather or Not podcast. That's coming up next. Severe weather can strike any time. And when it does, Seven's got you covered. 24-7. We'll see storms developing. We have a long line of rainfall here. We are the storm station. Seven News. NASA is taking a huge leap in returning us to the moon, and Florida International University is suiting us up for the ride. Hello, everyone. I'm meteorologist Frank Cameron, and today we journey into space. Just as NASA readies its launch of the Artemis One mission to the moon, joining me today is Dr. Daniela Radu, Associate Professor at Florida International University and FIU's Department of Mechanical and Materials Engineering. Danielle, welcome. Thank you so much. Hello, everyone. Glad to be here. Dr. Radu, you're also the director of the NASA Credo Center. What can you tell us about that? Sure. Um, so this is a the Center of Research and Education in Two-Dimensional Optoelectronics, um, abbreviated is as CREDO. It's a NASA-funded program which focuses on development of materials who are actually designed to go into the uh, Artemis mission. And so we are uh, creating new materials that are going to uh, facilitate novel solar photovoltaics for practically harvesting power. For the moon uh, future habitats, uh, we are looking at composites for radiation shielding, and we're looking at um, wearable electronics and cube satellites. Um, in addition, the center has a very powerful education and outreach component where we send students to NASA centers for training and uh, outreach programs for the community in the Miami-Dade and Broward counties. That's a lot. Uh, and <laughs> a lot of us have been following the Artemis mission because it's the first step in returning astronauts to the moon. But will there be people aboard this mission? No, actually, uh, if uh, anyone uh, could be disappointed, the Artemis mission is not gonna uh, bring humans on the NASA's big trip coming up, but there will be three astronauts, uh, mannequin astronauts, Helga, Zohar, and Monty <laughs> Yes, they, these are uh, high-tech mannequins. Um, that's or should we call them moonikins? <laughs> moonikins, right? Uh, that's the term for human models that they have in this scientific endeavor. Um, basically, they are filled with sensors. Uh, they will test the human body response to space travel. As you probably know, uh, we are planning, obviously, to send the first woman uh, and the first person of color to the moon. So definitely some of these sensors are gonna measure the effect of radiation on women body 
as women have higher risks of uh, breast cancers from radiation poisoning. So basically that's the idea. Um, and I've heard that Snoopy is going too. <laughs> I heard that as well. Yeah. Well, all this is really exciting, but it seems to be challenging too. And just getting this mission off the ground, doctor, why is it taking so long? There have been delay after delay already. Well, you know, we I guess we are thinking about the delays in 2022, right? But uh, on the other hand, if you think about the planning for the Artemis mission, that started actually in 2017 um, with the originally scheduled uh, date for 2021, late 2021 launch. But then um, if you think about the, the SLS, uh, which is the rocket carrying the Orion spacecraft in this mission, uh, that has been developed since 2011. And so by Congress was originally required to launch in 2016 and the array of delays push it to late 2022. Now, if we think about this year, the designated uh, launching uh, date was delayed due to uh, the fuel that we are using for the SLS rockets. And that is extremely cold liquid hydrogen. And, you know, NASA chooses hydrogen in contrast with um, commercial private spaceflight firms like SpaceX and Blue Origin, uh, NASA chooses hydrogen as their focus is on getting that the mission going rather than reusing the launching systems. So the problem with the hydrogen is that uh, at that temperature, uh, when hydrogen is, is liquid, uh, unfortunately, it's way below the room temperature and, and can react with metal surfaces. And that can often act as a catalyst to break the hydrogen molecule bond. And unfortunately, that causes both the metal to become more brittle and the hydrogen to diffuse out. So, you know, there is a threshold where this still is okay. There is a tolerable amount of, of leakage, but then that was not acceptable. And that's the reason we have these delays. But there's also the weather component too. A lot of things have to work in favor to make this flight actually happen, doesn't it? Right, we, we expected the heat from Hurricane Ian, right? So that was that was part of the delays as well. Dr. Radu, I'm sure there's a lot of objections for this important project. Can you give us some idea of some of the main goals for the Artemis space flight? So we've been almost 50 years um, since the Apollo mission went to the lunar surface, right? Frankly speaking, it's, it's a matter of getting humans to space and to the moon in a way to Mars. Um, and so I, I think the main challenge there is the safety, the safety component. Um, but even you know, if you think about the uh, commitment here is that we basically want to take this stepwise so that in the very first stage, Artemis 1, it's going to be an uncrew test, right? So that we're going to learn a lot. Uh, Artemis 2 is going to be the first crew test flight, and that's scheduled for 2024 after we learn and analyze all the data collected from the first mission. Then we have the Artemis 3, uh, which is a crewed lunar landing finally. And then we have plans for Artemis 4 and 5 and all the way to the 8. How long, how uh, many years will this stretch out with these Artemis missions? So I, I can tell you that the Artemis 4 is scheduled for 2027, but 
it's limited or depending if you want um, on the support mission for a human landing system. So uh, in order to have the lunar landing per se, the mission has to first is depending on the human landing system prior to the launching of the, the final Artemis 3 for the lunar landing. So uh, that is planned for 2025. Wow. So Dr. Radu, getting back to the first and in the initial Artemis 1, how is this actually going to work? Once it launches, will it actually land on the moon? No, basically Artemis 1 just placed Orion, um, the spacecraft that is carried by, by the rocket, uh, placed that Orion um, spacecraft into the lunar orbit and then return it to the Earth. It's going to basically inject into the lunar space and try to get to the very, very distant polar lunar orbit and remain there for about six days before coming back toward Earth. And so that is the plan. It's not going to land on the moon. And of course, with each of these missions, you're going to be able to gather more and more information. We already have so much more technology over the years in preparation from this. So are there concerns going forward or is there a lot of confidence going forward? Personally, I had the great privilege to discuss with some of the folks that are directly involved, the uh, uh, associate administrator. And I think there's a lot of enthusiasm, confidence, and, and really backed up by significant uh, knowledge and technological development. And Dr. Radu, I hear that this Artemis venture is sometimes called NASA's moon to Mars plan. Can you give us an idea what that refers to or what that means? That is correct. So the entire idea, the returning to the moon is by keeping an eye on an eventual trip to Mars. All the learnings of self-sustaining humans in space, for example, um, taking advantage of the in situ resources, potential resources like water, right? If we are able to get water, we are able to break the water in oxygen and hydrogen. And so one of the sudden we have oxygen to breathe and we have fuel for powering uh, a variety of technologies uh, on the moon and potentially toward a Mars uh, mission, right? So that is all the lessons learned from the moon exploration are going to be used to get to Mars. So Dr. Radu, do you think there could possibly be a long-term presence in outer space? I will speak for myself, not on behalf of NASA or, or, or FIU. And I think there is a possibility, and I will say that not probably in my lifetime. Um, but I think that our next generations are going to see a, a tremendous um, a growth in our presence, at least lunar landing. I think we are ready with all this preparation that we do right now to at least have some people living on the moon on experimental stations and definitely reaching to Mars, at least up, uh, investigating opportunity for sustaining life. Doctor, I, I read that the journey to the moon is just a matter of days, but going to Mars, reaching Mars, that's a long and complicated goal. Do we even know how long that might take? Well, we do have missions already on Mars. We've been present there uh, for for a very long time, and we are practically learning uh, as we speak uh, a lot a uh, 
rotocraft that was deployed um, to the rover that is on Mars. So we are gathering this information. I think what this boils down to is there are two components. One, the speed that if we, we are able to have another leap on, on breaking the speed of getting to wherever in, in space. And the second one is sustaining life. And so whenever we are able to get to the right speed and to the, to the right conditions in situ resources on Mars, then probably that's going to be a possibility. And, and again, that this is a question in the stars. And then finally, doctor, how will you know or determine whether the Artemis mission is a success? What will make it a success? Well, boys, first of all, I hope that is a success launching and we are able to get uh, Orion splashdown as planned. Um, the last uh, update from NASA, it says that the mission duration is somewhere close to 26 days and the splashdown, it's practically scheduled based on launching on November 14 on December 9, 2022. And so we will know, based on information that we gather, the safety inside the aircraft, uh, based on what the sensors data are going to tell us for the astronauts, uh, Helga, Zohar, and Munikin campus, So and, and Snoopy. So all this information will make the mission a success. The fact that we'll facilitate Artemis II, um, that, is, that is going to be the, the, the important question to ask. Uh, are we able to send a crude test flight in the current configuration of SLS and Orion spacecraft? And it's all very exciting. Dr. Radu, any other things that you'd like to mention about the Artemis missions? Well, I would like to invite everybody to uh, watch the launch and, and let's hope that uh, uh, this is going to be a, a successful one. So once again, that is November 14, 2022. Very good. Joining us today on the podcast, whether or not, we have Dr. Daniela Radu, Associate Professor at Florida International University. Dr. Radu, thanks a lot for being here today. Thank you so much, Brent. Wonderful being with you. Thank you, Brent. Whether or not, we'll be right back. When the tropics heat up, you can stay cool. Because the chief works right here. Seven's chief meteorologist, Phil Farrow. He's been doing this for nearly 30 years. As soon as we get information, we bring it to you instantly. Wilma, Katrina, Irma, he guided us safely through them all. That guy never sleeps, but that's so you can sleep easier. Our next episode drops November 22nd. If you have a question, comment, or suggestion, please send us an email at wxpodcast at wsvn.com. Thank you for joining us. This podcast is produced by the Seven Weather Team. Original music by Chris Crane with technical support by Stephen Sejas. Thank you for listening to Weather or Not.